0: What's going on everybody? Thanks for tuning in to NBA Stories. I'm your host Nick Nasby, and I've been gone for a little bit if you haven't noticed. I've been uh, just taking a couple weeks off just because I don't know. I really didn't fucking feel like it last week if I'm being completely honest. Editing takes a little bit of time. So, I will but I'm happy to be back and in the time frame that I was gone, To be completely honest with you, I missed something that I wish I covered earlier, but I'm here to cover it today, and that is, it's been 10 years since the decision from LeBron James. 10 years since everybody sat down and watched this man orchestrate an entire hour-long broadcast to tell everybody where the fuck he was going to play next year. And if you can't tell, I'm a little bit angry about that myself. But I wanted to get a couple different perspectives, because while most people were like me, and mad, and they didn't really like the fact that he took all of this energy to, to make sure that we all knew where he was going. There were some people who were also on the other side, and I, I do believe that the majority of those people also probably disagreed with how it was, but it was exciting for them because they obviously got to watch it. So I'm, I'm joined by actually a couple guests today. The first is a frequent flyer on the NBA Stories pod, Logan Semigram. He's back. And better than ever, Logan, how you doing?
1: Yo, what's going on, man? Definitely excited to talk about LeBron James today. Especially as a Knicks fan, definitely hurt. Honestly, that was one of the first times that I realized that the Knicks organization was definitely questionable.
0: And it fucking pissed me off. And I'm fucking excited to talk that's about the, it with y'all today. That's right. the first time. Like Isaiah Thomas, that shit didn't faze you at all when they had Bro, well, All right, listen, listen, Zach Randolph. listen, if we're
1: talking 10 years ago, listen, I, I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old. I didn't really care much about the front office of a team when I was 5 to 10 years old. I didn't didn't really give a fuck. That decision, though, when they told me that the meeting was terrible, that was the first time I realized, wow, this organization fucking sucks. Yeah, the
0: decision really showed just the lack of effort. He didn't even give the Knicks a second, uh, what's called, meeting afterwards and we'll, we'll explain what we're talking about when we're talking about that that meeting with the Knicks but like I said I like to get different perspectives on this particular thing this is a huge historic event in NBA history right so there's a whole lot of different vantage points about it and one of these vantage points is from South Florida which is actually where I live now so I get a lot of people and I know a lot of people who are really stoked by this but I, one of them who's been on the show before Ben Paz he was down here probably I'm assuming correct me if i'm wrong you might not have been Uh, i didn't do my history research on this sorry but uh at the time when this was going on and seeing the energy down here ben how are you doing first and foremost and second of all give me a little bit of a a history about what it was like for you at the time of that of that decision
2: what's popping boys you know super excited to be on here had a really fun time last time on and now doing it me you and logan so i'm Really stoked to talk about this. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, coming from Miami, I'm actually a Celtics fan, by the way. So, like, you know, I used to get made fun of at school all the time because I'd be the only Celtics fan at school because it's just straight Heat fans. You know, I grew up in South Florida. But even as a Celtics fan, I was so excited for this because, you know, the Heat were kind of struggling. I don't know if it was maybe two years ago before the decision happened. The Heat were actually the worst team in the league. They should have gotten the first pick. I'm not gonna say that the lottery was rigged.
0: Hundred percent rigged. It's
2: pretty yeah. it's pretty rigged. ironic that the Chicago Bulls, who Derrick Rose is his hometown Simeon. team. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Simeon high Derek- school. Derek Rose at the time was the number one prospect. So they were almost in the playoffs, dude.
0: <laughs> they were like they were like yeah, 35 and 42 or whatever. Like they were pretty they had, I think I think what I read was like a two percent chance of getting the first pick and they got it. it just so happened it that it was ridiculous. Derek Rose. And yeah, I mean, going back to your point, I know exactly what you're saying. They got Michael Beasley though, right?
2: <laughs> oh my god. No. He was supposed to be a stud, and all of a sudden, I mean Obviously, the rest is history. That guy's a bust. But, you know, the Heat, I and mean, it was kind of a tough situation because it was the whole timeline where Pat Riley had just stepped down and Bolster was taking over. And all of a sudden, all these guys are free agents. And Dwayne Wade, who is, I- I'd say it right now, the best Heat player of all time, works his magic, gets all those guys together. And when they all teamed up, I mean, it was just the energy around heat basketball just really changed ben, because it made us from an average team to an instant contender
1: Ben right listen bro going back to the LeBron James decision real quick before we get into that you said that you were excited I, I think that's fucking hilarious for the sole fact that LeBron James single-handedly ended that Celtics big three squad so for you to say you were excited I find that pretty ironic well, I mean,
2: I,
0: w- I, mean, wait, one, wait, wait, I wait, love going to the Heat game. Kobe ended that squad. Just wanted to get that out there. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, Nick, what the fuck Nick, you mean, bro?
2: Nick.
1: No,
0: 2010, no, no. let's get I'm real. You, that, bro, was,
2: that 2010 finals bro, was heartbreaking. Bro,
0: that was LeBron's the only sporting that- event
2: I cried after a game. <laughs> like, we had the Le- lead in the fourth Lebron.
1: Le- First of all, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, his soul is a fucking killer. He'll never lose a game. Hey, second second greatest player of all, time. Second of all, if you're gonna tell me that if LeBron James didn't win game six and game seven, that the Celtics were inevitably, were inevitably gonna go on and win a title, you're fucking crazy. I don't think they
2: would've beaten the Thunder.
1: 100% they would've beaten the Thunder. I don't think so. I think- They took the heat to seven games. They did, but- And they heat beat series? the Thunder in five. What the happened? heat beat the Thunder in five.
2: But here's the thing. Watching that series against the Celtics, I feel like what happened is not that the Heat were just better. They were just younger. The legs were fresher. And honestly, towards the end of that series, Game 6 and Game 7, the older stars like Allen, KG, and Pierce. But, you know, Rajon Rondo really carried that team. Those older stars, they seemed like they were finally starting to run out of gas. And, like, because those games, if you remember... They were really really close except for game 6. Game 6 was just LeBron was just LeBron. Like that was probably one I think one of his greatest performances ever. But game 7 was really close and the heat just once the fourth quarter hit, they just bam. You know, you could just see that yeah. younger legs played a huge factor in that. Season. Okay,
0: so so let's go let's rewind a little bit. Okay, cuz we're 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 already on like the heat shit with LeBron when he's already the villain where we're all from our perspective past, you know, Logan and I are looking at this guy and you probably do too as a Celtics fan, but you're surrounded and saturated for, by heat people in your circle. Right. From my perspective, as a kid in New York, everybody I know fucking hates LeBron James at this point. And why is it right? Growing up, I was nine years old when LeBron got drafted. Right. You guys were even younger. You don't know a you don't know an NBA without LeBron James. I I barely know an NBA without LeBron James. This story couldn't have been written any better. I wrote an article for from the stadium about this exactly just to just to ramp up for this particular episode. LeBron James gets drafted by his hometown team. They suck. They don't suck anymore. They put pieces around LeBron. He's this hometown kid who's carrying a bunch of fucking pieces on his back year in and year out where it looks like they might get it done and they lose to the Wizards. They always beat the Wizards, but they, they keep losing at some point. They go to the finals. Get, they get swept by the Spurs. All of this stuff is happening, but the, the basketball purists like myself have one thing in my mind, and I'm thinking nobody who is the face of a league leaves their team. Jordan didn't do it. Kobe's not doing it. Nobody who is the face of a a league is going to leave their team and go somewhere else. You didn't see it with Magic and Bird. You didn't see it with any of those guys. So there's no general way that LeBron James is going to pack up and leave. But at the end of the 2010 playoffs in the Eastern Semis, when they lose to, yet again, they lose to the Celtics in that big three, we see LeBron walk off the court. It's that long walk. I don't know if you if you guys were watching that game, but it's that long walk. And yeah, Breen yeah, is Rhonda. saying, he pulls his jersey. Exactly. Off. Breen is saying what we're all thinking. He's like, "Is this the last time we see LeBron James take off that jersey?" And I'm thinking to myself, "He won't fucking do it. He wouldn't fucking do it." But then after the playoffs are over, you know, I think that was the Lakers' year. Yeah, Lakers won the finals that year. The it's just a frenzy. All of a sudden, it's crazy. Everybody's talking about this. The, the LeBron James sweepstakes go on, and we learn two things during that time. We learn, number one, he wants to play with D-Wade. They've been friends forever. When they play on the road against each other, they stay on the other person's in their guest room. You know, they, they stay at the other person's home. They're that close when it comes to it, so they want to play together. And number two, we know that there's four legitimate contenders. You can also throw in the Nets and the Clippers. Like Those were two people who we actually fielded a meeting with. But when I'm talking the four contenders, there's four players that I see as major players in this. Number one is we're looking at the New York Knicks. And I'm going to talk about the Knicks first because fuck James Dolan. Fuck that guy. He needs to be assassinated. I won't say it again because I think that's... I don't can think I, that's legal to say it too that? much, but fuck that guy. Yeah, you could tune in on this one. But what I want to what I want to premise before you tune in, Logan, is exactly what we were talking about before. The Knicks did a pitch that was like Sopranos themed. And it was just like, oh, New York, it's so it's so illustrious. Look, you're gonna be like the mob guys and the Sopranos, blah blah blah. Are you serious? And yeah, bro, that's what they thought was gonna work for this guy, and he didn't even give him a second fucking meeting. He absolutely derailed that entire thing and fucked it entirely up in a city at that point that he actually might have considered going to. They had the cap space, they had the personnel, they had the 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 area, they had the fan base, they had the money. They got him And They had a, the yeah they had Amari eventually they got Carmelo too but they they wouldn't have obviously if they if they got LeBron but I genuinely thought there was a chance and after I heard that shit I was like oh there's no fucking chance I wouldn't go back there that's fucking weird Logan when you heard that shit what did you think
1: I'm gonna be quite honest with you fuck James Dolan first of all I just had to get that out of the way this decision was to me so fucking big for the Knicks we had one shot. We have not had uh, a, an all-star, forget a Le- LeBron James caliber player. At that point, we hadn't had a really, really good player since you know Patrick Ewing left the team. And to know that LeBron James c- could have been on the Knicks, I was fucking all for it. And to hear that it was a shitty meeting validated to me how fucking terrible the Knicks front office was. And on top of that, You know, being, you know, 12, 13 years old, I was so pissed off because that's when like the Knicks, Knicks basketball was like super fucking important to me when I was younger. I love that shit. To know that the Knicks were just going to suck even longer, it was even worse. Looking at it now, Nick, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I wouldn't have been as mad if I knew what the standard moves were for free agents now, knowing what KD did, and knowing that super teams Don't are get me nothing out of the ordinary now. If you were to ask me if I, would, if I knew that now, would I have been as mad? No, absolutely not. But the fact that I know that the Knicks front office are solely responsible for this, fuck them and fuck James Dolan.
2: I wanted to ask you guys this because I was thinking about it just now. So this decision was in 08, but No, 08. Oh 2010, my right. bad. Oh eight was the Beijing Olympics where LeBron played. D Wade played Bosch played. Do you think that played a factor? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, maybe this is something they've been talking about for years.
0: They've been, what I personally think is that they had a connection from a few different things. Number one is that they're in the same draft class. That has a lot to do with it. I think when you get drafted at the same time, you're rookies at the same time, you're on the rookie sophomore game at the same time, you're on the rookie team together. Then you're on a sophomore team together. And then after that, you're on all-star teams together. You're all in the East So you're, you're connecting that way. And then on top of that, when it really comes down to, and this is something that we see today, all of these guys are friends before they come to the NBA. Now, AAU basketball is really where it is. That's where you make your name. That's where you see Zion actually made his name because he was playing against small white children when he was playing in in his actual high school. AAU AAU is
2: an absolute joke. It is. It is. Unless it is,
0: unless you're a five star, then it's everything. If you're a five star, that's what it is. For for all of us regulars, like AAU is a fucking it's a travesty. I hated it. But when it comes to travel leagues for big name players, they need that because they need to get their name out there. They need to get to play against other big names. They need need a less regulated scheduling where they can play against another team with this guy on it so these two guys can play. And it's not a huge deal, but all these scouts are coming, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is necessary. Back then, it wasn't even that big. It wasn't as big as it is now. But I think what it really came down to is, yes, you're exactly right. Beijing and 08, they played together. That's a, that's a very limited amount of exposure to to one another, but they already had exposure when it came to they're in the east together. they're playing against each other like four times a season and on this, on top of that, they're also in the same draft class or're playing on all-star teams together. So all of that allows for them to become friends. they're also big fucking names. So they're going to NBA awards shows, they're going to the ESPYs, all this stuff they're doing and they have the the opportunity to run into one another. Big names flock together and that's been the case since this particular decision. I don't believe it was the same for the big three in in Boston. I don't think those guys were tight like that. I think that they saw the opportunity. They they saw the opportunity and they were like, hell yeah, let's do it. These three guys collaborated, and that was the truth from the from the cut. To really
1: bank off what you just said, you also have to look at where the big three were in their career when they teamed up, whereas where the big three in Miami were when they teamed up. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, you look, at the, you look at the Celtics team, Garnett was hungry for a championship. He had spent all those years in Minnesota wasting his time. Allen, you know, Allen was kind of a journeyman up until he got on the Celtics. I mean, he wasn't a journeyman per se. He was on the Bucks. He was, he was on the Sonics. Son. Uh, yeah. But he's been on different teams yes. and stuff. But I feel like those guys...
2: They were kind of like, they were in their primes, but they were towards the end of their primes. Yeah,
0: they were on the hump. They needed each other to get a championship. It was pretty clear. The big, yeah. the big three in Miami. Primes. Maj- all LeBron primes, James yeah. was what, 25. like 28? 25. Yeah.
2: 20, and 25. I think that the way he handled that decision showed a lot about his character, which right. I personally do not. Like LeBron. And You're Paz, like, this is like-
0: exactly what I wanted to touch on next. So for anybody listening who doesn't know what, I'm talk- what we're talking about here, I want to touch on exactly what he is about to go into. And I'll go right back to you, Paz, but I want to explain. So what happens? It's frenzy. Everyone's talking about the LeBron James sweepstakes. Number one's the Knicks. Number two is the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers have their pitch where they're just saying like, oh, this is your home. You don't want to leave your home. They do a family guy style pitch, which is actually – pretty new information that Winhurst actually released relatively recently that they did a whole family guy style thing with uh Seth they had Seth McFarland cartoon it for them and all of this stuff. But they explained that they have cap space for another big name talent when they cleared out. They don't they don't they say LeBron says he doesn't know what Chris Bosch is doing. He he says he doesn't he doesn't talk to him. That's just a fucking lie. He's just lying to their face. And then third on that list is Chicago. And Chicago is very interesting. They were very close to actually, surprisingly close for anybody who doesn't know, very surprisingly close to getting all three of these guys. Well, not not necessarily all three, but they were close to getting LeBron and D-Wade. So LeBron sees them the first time. And they they keep the cards to their chest because they assume that they're if they whatever number they throw he's just going to go back to Miami and tell them what it is. But what they are telling him instead of throwing a number at him, they're telling him that there is really little chance that we can actually sign a third player. We can get you, we can get D Wade, but if there's anybody else in this mix, which at at the time it's just like hint hint, it's Chris Bosh. Like we know, but we're not going to say it. We don't know if we can get him because at this point now we're seeing the budding and the the rising it star of Derrick Rose.
2: Before it happened.
0: Yeah, quarter, we like we all knew yeah. that that's, that they wanted to be together. We didn't yeah. want it. I I Listen, didn't want it, it to happen, but we knew it was probably going to happen.
2: It's you on you on have to look two at two months, it. months before it happened.
1: Right.
0: Exactly. No, I I totally agree. I
1: think I think when you look at it after the fact of him going to the Heat, it makes a lot of sense, right? Now, my question is, and, and Ben or Nick, you can answer, I could make a really good argument that LeBron James' time in Miami with Eric Spolstra was the only time in LeBron James' career where I think the coach was the leader of the team. And I'm not saying LeBron wasn't the leader. I'm saying that in a lot of cases, you know, LeBron's sort of like the Peyton Manning of the offense. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't ask the coach for the play. He calls the play at the line, and, and he does what he I'm sees. I'm going to
0: stop you. I'm now, gonna stop you right moves. there, because that I knew okay. that wasn't true. The one time that Dwayne checked himself into the game, that's all I'm gonna say. Dwayne Wade checked himself into the game. Eric Spolstra, great coach, did not have the kind of control. Now, that we think coach. that he had? He's a good coach. He he was. Like, okay. He,
2: so he proved himself after.
0: Right. He proved himself he after. Prove right. Himself after. Now, I will, like during the time after
2: innovative during that time, like the way he used LeBron is the way that they never used him in Cleveland. Nobody ever thought, hey, let's play small ball. Let's put this guy at the four, space the floor out, get him matchups in the post on the elbow. To extend using Bosch out Bosch to three point. Yeah. Five. Yeah. And using, I mean, Bosch defending those screens. See, Chris Bosch is the most, everyone underappreciates how meaningful he was to those teams. Without him, they don't win, one. On they don't win one without him.
0: Yeah. They needed him
1: every time. I, I you know, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like, Whenever I think of a LeBron whenever I think of LeBron James's reputation in Miami, I literally only play these words in my head. Rebound by Bosch out to Allen, his three pointer bang. It still hurts me those words those words saved LeBron James's reputation. Not even in Miami, I think career. Because he lose that shot doesn't go in. They lose those finals. He, he, was, he He's only two in finals in Miami. No, he'd
0: be one and two. One I and two because he, he beat the, the Thunder be, the year before. He'd be but he'd be two and seven overall today so, if everything else played out the same way. Exactly. Two and seven. It's a joke. Yeah. So,
1: so could you agree? Could we agree that that was a really big saver in his reputation? Yeah, of course.
0: I
2: think, I think yeah. that – The two plays before that play happened, LeBron had two straight turnovers on the previous two positions.
0: And it, it really I have to also bring up if we're if we're talking about LeBron James in the finals, go two years before that when they are going against the Mavericks, the first year of the Big Three when everybody James is really a lot genuinely like a lot of animosity towards this team, in Game Four. LeBron James had one of the worst performances for I mean, you could say D Wade was their number one guy, but LeBron's always kind of the number one guy. Dwayne Wade was a better player than him that year, and I'll just put that on the record because it's true. But he played so poorly in that in that game and overall in the finals, that when I saw this, I was like, this guy's not as good as I thought he was. That's how that's how bad it was at that point. He's playing against Dirk Nowitzki and the Expendables. Like, there's everybody on the team's 35 plus, and they're ring grabbing. You got Sean Marion at the end. But
1: was, it's crazy. Well, that, they brought it together. Mean, it was Rick Carlisle. Mean,
0: that's who did it. It was Rick Carlisle. I don't.
1: I, I was gonna say. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that to this day, I look at the, I look at that finals matchup, and I say to myself, how the how the fuck did Dirk Nowitzki win this finals? It, it blows my freaking mind.
0: There's me, a lot of pieces. That final
2: matchup is why LeBron will never be better than Jordan.
0: Yeah, that's I can't put it. I can't get that out of my mind. The way he and it was because past what you're like you're saying exactly what I'm thinking. But it's not just the matchup. The fact that they lost. Like he played bad. He did not oh, play terrible. well at all. And he it, had it JJ Berea on him. Yeah, it was JJ <laughs> Berea. He had like Marion guarding him at some points. He was getting smoked by Peja. It was really like there was a lot of points at that in that series where it was like this is ugly. This is not good at all, and and, and so I, I think that that has a lot to do with his legacy as we go forward. But even even at this point, so just to bring it all the way back, because I still want to focus on the decision itself, right? The last the last member of this of this foursome that was that was in contention to actually win LeBron was the Miami Heat. Obviously, we know that, and so that he flies to Miami. Pat Riley greets him with Alonzo Mourning. They go directly to the pitch meeting, where Alonzo Mourning is legitimately crying to LeBron, saying that when he needed his kidneys replaced, like the the organization was so supportive and all of this stuff. Pat Riley's a mastermind when it comes to putting these teams together. He knows exactly how to do it. The best GM in the league, in my opinion, he is incredible at this stuff. And so he knew exactly how to play the heartstrings. On top of this, they have. They invest. had three players under contract. They knew it. They knew we have to re-sign D. Wade. We're already at an advantage here. We don't have to sign him. We just have to re-sign him. He wants to be here anyway. His family's here. Everybody he knows is here. He wants to play in Miami. Now we you have want to get ring. LeBron, and we need a third. So we have the cap space to get Chris Bosh. And they tell him that at that meeting. And so he goes back to Chicago and tells them that Miami says they can get a third, can you get a third? And Chicago would have won LeBron and D Wade if they said yes, but they were like, "We're not going to do that." They already had their their core. They had their formula to actually win. We see how the the Bulls are two years down the road. We know that they didn't necessarily need LeBron James and D Wade to actually succeed. God forbid, you know. Unfortunately, it all went sideways. But they had they had their team built at that point because they couldn't get the third guy. He goes back to Miami. And then it's all said and done. Now, we don't know that yet because all of us are wondering, like, what the fuck's going to happen. And then we find out he's going to go on TV and do an hour-long special on July 8th. And Jim Gray's going to ask him a whole bunch of fucking questions. How are you going to make an hour out of this? He's going to tell everybody in an hour-long special where he's going to play next year. What a fucking asshole.
2: No, that's that, all that's I could think. I, that's what I was going to get to. He's the biggest. Like, I respect him. But like it would be funny. I I can't wait for my dad to listen to this because my dad hates LeBron James with an absolute passion. (laughs) And I've always wondered why. And the older I get, the more I realize this guy's just the biggest fucking narcissist on the planet. At least he
0: was. He's gotten better, but like, at least he was at that point. Did
2: did, did you hear the video? LeBron is not a narcissist. Did you hear the video? It was an interview with him after they came back and beat the the Warriors in the 2016 finals. It was like a sit-down type thing, and he literally said, that one right there made me the greatest player of all time.
0: And they kind of made a
2: video on YouTube of them asking him that question and them asking Michael Jordan that question. And, like, Michael Jordan was saying, like, I find it cringy because, you know, I never got to play against guys
1: like Kareem and Will. And it's like, to me, that just shows about LeBron's character. I think think that LeBron, you know, yes, I agree with you. He shouldn't have said that. But I also think that the 2015 finals or was it 2016, yeah. 2016, the 2016 finals, LeBron James's series performance Incredible. was without a doubt the greatest playoff series performance of all time. And you can't, and, and you can't argue with that. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you can't, you're down three, one, you're down three, one to arguably a team that was supposed to be better than Michael Jordan's 95 Bulls team. They had more wins than them. They were up three one in the finals and LeBron single handedly with help okay, with the help of Kevin Love and Kyrie, but I think it was single handedly. The series was great. But
0: we can't take away from the fact that he played in twenty eleven the sink, like the it you can't say I'm the greatest when you play like shit. You just can't. There's no excuses right, in no. the NBA. I say this every single time. There's no excuses in the NBA. If you play poorly, you get your you get your legacy knocked down a rung. It's just how it goes. It's always how it's been, right? I mean, there's a fact. There's a fact of the matter. How many? Co- Kobe's won five. He's lost two, right? And both of those two losses were like close shit. And he always played well. And like sometimes he was a little bit you know, he shot a little bit too much or whatever the case is, but he always had a part to play in them competing. LeBron James actually brought the team down in 2011. He he actually messed up the chemistry slightly. And that was always the question when it went into that, where it was like, how are they going to play together? It was the same question I asked myself when I saw that Russ and Harden were going to play together. How, how are these guys going to play together? How is D-Wade and LeBron going to play together? Now, I know that they both have the affinity for playmaking They're both good at, at finding the open man, but they also are both ball dominant. So how are they going to do this? And so that goes to, of course, what we saw afterwards. But then it goes, the important thing to, to acknowledge for this is, okay, so the day comes, right? He's at a boys and girls club in Akron. He's literally in the city that he's about to fuck over. So
1: disrespectful.
0: It's like, it's like, what are you, to, what are you doing? And so the big thing to pay attention to with this is that when they got Chris Bosch to actually announce it, he, they had somebody like Wilbon, who's been doing this for 30 years, asking the appropriate questions that are pre calibrated to actually be as limiting as possible in terms of inflammation and that kind of stuff. LeBron James. Was it with Michael Wilbon? No, it was Jim Gray. Jim Gray, who is who has spent his entire career, not not, you know on purpose or really out of going out of his way, but he's he was the guy who he was Kobe's interviewer when he was having issues with Shaq, right? So whenever Kobe and Shaq were having problems, Kobe's jumping on an interview with Jim Gray. Like he's good at that stuff. He's good at creating reactions with his questions. Uh, So he has that guy asking the questions and so he's he's asking LeBron James these questions and the thing that I'm asking myself still as I'm sure that you both were watching this asking yourself this question how the fuck are they going to do an hour long on this they're really going to make this an hour long are you really going to drag out what everybody is tuned in to watch this for an hour 13 million people were watching this show think about the kind of ratings that that was it was the biggest show literally of like the season it was bigger than some of the finals games and so all of these people are tuned in to watch him and he's asking the question and then he asks the question so LeBron what's your decision and we all know the way he answered it the answer to the question everybody wants to know LeBron what's your decision um and
2: this fall man this is very tough um and this fall I'm going to take my talents to South Beach
0: and um join the Miami Heat that's really huh. what pissed gonna, everyone off
2: uh sound.
0: this this summer <laughs> i've decided to
1: take my talents to south beach and join the miami Heat. what a piece of shit <laughs> what a right. fucking
0: piece of shit it's
1: Fuck that guy. the second this. he said my that i'm like you this.
0: are now you are public enemy number one and you just did it to yourself you did not have to do it this way you did not have to do it this way he did not thank cleveland He did not say shout-out to the fans who have guided me along the way, who have embraced me since I was 18 years old. He didn't say any of that shit. He says, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. I'm going to join the Miami Heat. Fuck you. Fuck everything about you. You are now the biggest enemy in basketball. And it's clear. And at that point, it just shifted. If you saw, you guys were watching, I'm assuming, you saw the reactions when they shot the reactions. What Instance, have you ever seen that was not the result of a game, an actual an actual sporting event where they show reactions in bars? Have you ever seen this before? Yes. Yeah. But oh, What? <laughs> oh yeah. Is there context? Yeah. You just going to say oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, uh when fucking uh when fucking Kevin Durant
2: joined Oh the my State god. But even that feel- like Durant, he just wrote a letter in the players tribune, social media. I feel like it's the way LeBron like, – he didn't have to do all that. Like, if he just it simply was, wrote a letter – It was the, the players, way he yes. did it. If he simply wrote a letter in the Players' Tribune or announced it on social media – and then not even that. you guys remember that big ass – was this rubbed me off the wrong way. Even a lot of people down here in Miami. When he went on, on the stage at American Airlines Arena, and they had this whole hype event, and they came out <laughs> and said,
0: not one, that.
2: not two – Not three, not four.
0: You said eight, didn't you? He said
2: eight. He wasn't even there for
0: eight years. (laughs) He was there for four. Uh, uh, (laughs) Like what? There's absolutely no chance. Yeah. And so when that when that happened, it just solidified. This guy doesn't care. That's what everyone's thinking. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't he never cared about the fans. He was all all about LeBron. It's very clear now. He never cared about Cleveland. You know, I understand. Yes, they did not get the appropriate pieces around you. You wanted a team. They didn't give you the team. I get that. I get that. But at the same time, we knew you were gone. Everyone knew you weren't going to stay. I knew he was gone. I didn't know where he was going. I assumed it was Miami at that point. I think most people did by the time of the actual decision. But the fucking way that you go about doing it, you couldn't have constructed a worse way to actually word what you said. If you want to make enemies, that's what you say. Put it in a textbook, how to make enemies and get people to beat the shit out of you if they see you in the street, LeBron James edition. That's exactly what he fucking did. It was a, it was atrocious. And so no going into the 2010-2011 season, I've never seen more people rooting against a team that they have absolutely no stake in. I've never seen it. I mean they everybody every single Place that they went outside of Miami. The second boost. LeBron touches the the ball, boos, immediate boos. Do was, you
1: remember? Do you remember uh, LeBron's first game back in Cleveland? They had to the take return. like extra safety precautions. They had to the they were double up on everything. LeQuan,
0: yes, I was genuinely concerned for his safety. So was I. I was genuinely concerned that someone was going to hurt him. They were going to find where he was. Like, I don't know how – he, mu- he must have still had a house there that was, like, secure. Oh, he definitely shit. had, like, top but I was thinking of to myself, guards
2: and stuff. Like, there's
0: – that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you, you – you would – they know where you're at. They're probably parked outside. <laughs> the fact that he came in and out, like, that's the kind of hostility. For anybody who hasn't – who didn't know what it was like back then, that's the kind of hostility that we're talking about, where I think – they have to have security next to the court. They have a security for like every four feet on the court side because they're worried that someone's going to rush the court and try to hit them. Like that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at, and this is going on all season long, because we all know this is this ushers in the era of the NBA where we it, that actually just ended now. Fuck COVID, that where <laughs> we know exactly who's going to be in in the finals. This is the first season since that year that we don't know who's gonna be in the finals. We knew the Heat were going to the finals. We knew the East was trash comparatively. And they were well, I mean they had the Celtics were kind of dying off and you know, th- there was still a couple teams that could have uh that could have competed. But I mean at the end of the day, it was the Heat. They were going to the finals. It's just who are who are yeah, they gonna we play? All knew that. You know? And so going to this Indiana finals. Going into this up. finals. Yeah times. Indiana but Indiana was Building at that point, they they had a Danny Granger who was starting to get better, and then they had their their Roy Hibbert was starting to to come into his own for his literally like eighteen game prime, and then (laughs) and like Nick Collins or whatever Darren Collison, but I don't know man, it was that season stands out to me um, above any other season that I remember because of this because of the 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 decision and the way that he decided to leave his time in in Miami like I only see him as a villain in that jersey. I don't think anybody can see him differently. I mean, how do you when you think about that day and think about that season, Logan, what do you think about?
1: You know, excuse, excuse me, we're referring to the 2000 and uh 1011. 011. So that's LeBron's first season. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty spectacular. But as a Knicks fan, I thought like that season was fucking awesome. If I'm being honest with you, like the Knicks the year beat got, the Heat.
0: That's the yes, year we got Carmelo that, too, right? No, 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 no. We had Carmelo. Uh,
1: I think a year before that. This is the season when we got Jason Kidd. Um, no, wait, that, was no ne- that, was that was the
0: next year. Yeah, we got the, Carmelo the, this year. year. I remember because I was a junior that, in high school. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're right. You know, it's I, I was like 11 at that season. So, but yeah, that season was definitely interesting um i knew that lebron james was gonna go to the finals i thought he was gonna win the finals again as a knicks fan like i was so hyped up that we got carmelo anthony so it was it was kind of nice and to think nick as a knicks fan like it's crazy to think that say we didn't trade for carmelo anthony still to this day our best player like the last time we had like a franchise player would have been fucking patrick ewing and i I find that insane
0: Amari was fucking killing it before Carmelo got there. He was averaging like 27 a game. Yeah, Amari. Like, don't sleep on Amari. Let's Amari get some respect on that man's name. He was oh a dude, animal. Real. Amari,
1: Amari was point. great. Amari was great until he punched the fire extinguisher glass and then it ended. Yeah, for, it was, it, it, it ended. sanity. But games. that was the season. The Heat swept us in the first round of the playoffs, right, Nick? I don't remember. Well, we <laughs> lost four more. Something like that.
0: All I know is that the Knicks have sucked every year in the playoffs except 2013 where they were the two seed and they still fucking lost to the Pacers. That was the only year that they've had a shot and they still fucking blew it. I don't know. But, Paz, from your standpoint, being down here in South Florida, when this happened, what was the general... Excitement, or what was the what what was what was it like down here to when after this decision was made?
2: Well, you know, a lot of people were extremely extremely excited because not even just for Miami, just for like this was really the first time in basketball where we've seen three stars in their primes come together. Like this is what started the super team movement in the league. So I feel like a lot of people in the NBA, yes, they were mad, but it's also like holy shit, I. It was like, I'm not going to say it was a circus act because it wasn't, but it was just that kind of, like, lure. Like, everyone wants to see these guys play. Everyone's wondering how it's going to work. So, I mean, just take that, but multiply it by 10 down here because everyone's like, oh, shit. Yo, we got LeBron. We got Bosh. People forget Bosh, before he went to Miami, was a 25-12 and guy. Like, this guy was one of the 10 best players in the league, I'd say. But maybe not – I'll say at least 20 – but, you know, everyone here, like, the general consensus was we are going to win the championship and we are going to win multiple. That's how everybody felt down here.
0: At that point, it was clear that Miami was about to win some some championships, but it was also clear that no one was going to be happy about it. Oh, no.
2: When LeBron announced that decision, just, even what he said after that whole, like, when he announced that, when he said his infamous line, but... They asked him why, and he said, "You know, it gives me the chance to win multiple championships that I didn't have." You know, he just pissed a lot of people off. Like it was literally like, if you didn't live in Miami, you were rooting against him.
0: It was like, why are you so mad at Cleveland? They like they (laughs) they made mistakes, but it's like Jesus Christ, man! Like, what did they do to you? Did Dan Gilbert, like, kick you in the nuts or something? It Was was it really just because Delonte West fucked your mom? Like, is that really <laughs> the issue here? Like, God, wow. man, it doesn't have to be wow. that serious. I'm just saying oh it happened.
1: Oh, my right? God. Happy mm-hmm. Father's
0: Listen, you, though, listen West, we don't have bro. to go further into Delonte. He's already having a pretty bad time as it is. But, uh, <laughs> is that
2: true? Is, is, bro, just is imagine sitting in the lot like, Bro, like, even – I don't think so. <laughs> even if it was real, like, hold, Maybe. just imagine, like, you're playing your high school sport. And one of your teammate fucked your mom. <laughs> like, bro, even like bro, in, your, in in Logan, in Kappa Sig, bro. If one of your brothers fucked your mom, does it matter? Like, that's how LeBron's feel. Like
1: Dude, dead ass. If that ever happened, I don't know. I don't like It's hard to small, come back from. I'd leave the group chat. First small, it's to it's not from. gonna be I would actually fucking cut my own bros nuts off like sorry but that's just fuck,
0: that's fucked. that's so up. disrespectful well delante west is just i mean he they they didn't get along now that, that was pretty notorious they had some issues there just because delante wasn't really good at taking instruction and lebron james was the team right so i mean that was a whole thing but at the end of the day the way that there was so much animosity behind this decision like it just seemed like somebody like pissed him off directly before this happened and now he's taking it out on Dan Gilbert or something? Because Gilbert writes this weird open letter to to the fans afterwards where he's like, I guarantee we're going to win a championship before LeBron James. Like, no, you're not, bro. Like, you guys are going to suck a lot next year, <laughs> and he might win next year. So, like, you're not going to win one before him. Sorry. Like, they get Kyrie the next season, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. I just, I believe today that if it wasn't, if if he didn't do it this way, if he went on an interview with michael wilbon on an espn like interview with two panels instead of this whole shit where he's saying you know i want to thank cleveland i want to thank the fans i want to thank my teammates and my coach and everybody who helped me get to where i am today i am for my career and f- for the advancement of my career whatever the case is i'm going to go and play for the miami heat next season that that's way better people still would like, have been pissed just off that,
2: just that but I feel like of course have been- they would
0: have been mad. But it was like not like that. Yeah, his jersey was getting burned before the before the cameras turned off. Like they were it's they insane. were plotting. They had to get him out of that city. They had to usher him out of the city because he was still in fucking Akron like an idiot. It didn't make any sense. You know, it's like look at me flex on this Boys and Girls Club because like look how much money I put into it. And now I'm going to leave and not come back for four seasons. And I'm going to win a bunch of championships without you guys while you're getting number one picks because you suck. Like, bye. Ho- hope it was good. What a dick. Any final takes on, on this decision? Anything that, you, that is still resonating for you, Logan or Ben?
1: I really, really think that this event kind of dominoed the Knicks luck. And I think it kind of put a bad taste in everyone's mouth for the New York Knicks. And that's how I feel about it. So fuck you, James
0: Dolan. Yeah, Dolan needs to get assassinated. Ben, any, any final takes on this? I, I mean, about the
2: aftermath decision, I feel like LeBron's tie in Miami, he even said himself though. He says it was kind of like his college because we all know he didn't go to college. Like he just advanced his game so much in Miami. And then when he went back to Cleveland, it was like a whole different player than the kid that was there.
0: Well, he also had the taste of the championship, and he had the experience. He knew he knew what it felt like, and he knew he knew what it he took learned, to get he to that next level. Right, and I agree, and he had a better team when he came back as well. Exactly, because now you had Kyrie, and you got Kevin Love eventually, and 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 all well, he that did came the same together. shit as he
2: did in yeah. Miami when he left again. But well, people weren't really mad right. when he left Miami. though.
0: Well, he got you, yeah, you can't be mad. He just got you two championships, yeah, and like you oh, know, he was going home
2: anyway. like. You know, people were kind of
0: happy for him. Y'all shouldn't have had him to begin
2: exactly. with. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. I don't know. You know, at that point, and think about this, just my, my last take on this. This was 10 years ago, right? This was 10 years ago. Think about how big it was 10 years ago. LeBron is still the biggest name in sports to this day. 10 easy, years later. Easy. Easy, you know? easy, easy. And probably not any bigger than he was back then. He just still is at that level where everyone knows his name, you know? So that, that just shows the, the media dominance of LeBron James. I think ESPN just really loves him. But at the end he of the jerk day, dick it's been, and
2: yeah, Bronny. Yeah, oh love my God, don't so even much. start on Bronny.
0: That poor kid. He's screwed. He's already screwed. <laughs> he, he, he'll never be able to have a regular childhood. But at the end of the day, going back to this, LeBron James, media mogul, biggest name in the NBA. Villain for four years, came back. Everybody was over it. Won a championship in Cleveland. Everybody really got over it then. And then when he went to to L.A., imagine if he didn't win that that one three in 2016. If he didn't win that, and he left for L.A. It would have been the same shit all oh, over yeah. again. People would have been fucking livid in Cleveland if he didn't get him that championship. He comes back, says Cleveland, this is for you, and then it's all over. But you know, this what this it, it brought to my mind. Big thing that I thought about with this is. I've, I don't know any other time where there's been a, a genuine villain like this, but I think for everybody in sports, in whatever sport that you that you love, there's always a villain. There's always a guy that you want to root against and somebody who you think is just a piece of piece of absolute shit and that you want to see fail. So we all picked one that we consider to be the biggest ones for us, and we're going to go through that. So Ben, when you think of villain, the biggest villain that you can think of, Someone who you just genuinely like to see fail, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Kevin Durant, no, no doubt about
2: it. You know, just still, he is the softest
0: like fucking like player
2: lot. in the history of the like. You know, at a young age for me, I've always been taught compete, compete, compete. Just keep fucking pounding on that rock until you win. Kevin Durant, I don't know who the fuck taught him. But he basically said, oh, no, I can't break the rock. Let me go join the fucking winning team. That's exactly what he did.
0: It was his mom, the real MVP, she taught him. Jesus. (laughs) I mean,
2: shit. I mean, she looks like a tough lady, too. So I don't know where she went wrong. But, you know, those championships don't even count, man. I feel like his decision, even though he went about it the right way, his decision itself made him more of a villain. And not even just him, his team. You know, everybody loved the Warriors before then. It's like, you couldn't not like Steph Curry. You couldn't not like Thompson. I mean, Draymond Green kind of gave everyone like Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambert type vibes with like, you know, just the way he went about his game and everything. You know, the guy that does the dirty work and stuff. All of a sudden they get KD and now everybody hates the Warriors and everybody wants to see them lose just because of one guy. And that's what being the second best player in the league having to join a team that just broke the regular season record for most wins to win a championship, like, fuck you. That shit doesn't even count.
0: It's like if <laughs> LeBron and D-Wade went to the Celtics. Yeah. In and, like, I
2: fucking hope, and I know he's not, but I'm going to say it, I hope everything goes to complete shit in Brooklyn and that he never makes it past the conference semifinals.
0: They're not going to be as good. No, as they're not. Because
2: him and Kyrie,
0: two fucking, the biggest prima donnas no in the fucking nowhere.
2: league. Durant wouldn't have survived in the '90s with that sensitive ass attitude. If he played with Jordan, he would have quit.
0: He's also scared. Yeah. I agree. I totally. So yeah i I was happy that you said it. If if you didn't, if neither of you said KD, I would have said him. But because he, I mean, the way he went about doing his shit, it's like, hey, I lose to you, so I'm going to join you now because I lost to you. So let's let's see if we can figure it out. Even though you absolutely don't need me at all. And you're also very good You've already and just won a championship without me. And so let me, but let me go to you cause I want to get, I want to get a championship too. Is that cool? That's pretty much what it looked like to everybody. And I don't think there's any other way you can spin it. Logan, when you think about villains and I know we're, we're both Knicks fans. So I think both of our guys are going to be Knicks rivals. So you pick one, I'll pick one. Who's, who is your villain when you think about it?
1: Well, I don't want to say Reggie Miller because I feel like you're going to say Reggie
0: Miller. Oh, no, I got someone else if you got if you Miller. say, Yeah, fuck Reggie Miller. If you want to talk about Reggie, I'll talk about the other ones. cool.
1: All right, I'll talk about Reggie Miller. Uh, Reggie Miller is the notorious Nick killer. Um, honestly, I love that The Last Dance gave the Pacers like a whole episode worth of stuff because it made me even realize more how much of a killer Reggie Miller was. Listen, I'm not going to deny the fact that Reggie Miller was by far the clutchest player or one of the clutchest players he wasn't the clutchest player. Michael Jordan was the clutchest player ever. But in the 90s, when it you needed a shot to go in with 0.5 seconds left, we can all agree you gave the ball to Reggie Miller. But as a Nick fan, he he just came at our throats every year. The second that we thought we were going to win a playoff series, not Reggie was there. The thing with Reggie Miller and the Pacers were you, you didn't win until the clock hit zero, no matter how much you were down by you know Reggie Miller notoriously made what? What was it? Eight points in like five seconds, seconds or so, six seconds? Yeah, oh, something unbelievable like that. And it, it, it it's those push those offs. little things. He
0: loved to push right, off. Well, Piece of shit. I fucking right, hate that guy. Right. Okay, then, goofy go, ears go. and his shot like a girl. You know what? His Sister was better than Michael Jordan. Yes. If
1: anyone who doesn't know,
0: uh, Cheryl Miller what was it? Lisa Cheryl Miller? Cheryl. Or? Cheryl.
1: Cheryl. Miller, Cheryl Miller.
0: Cheryl Miller bu- is... The greatest women's the basketball w- player of all time. She is, without question, of greatest of all time. Yeah. If they had a WNBA, she
1: would be the all-time leading scorer, the all-time leading rebounder. She was well, the best women's basketball player of all time. So I feel like Reggie having that chip on her shoulder really made him play extra hard. And I really, really think that that was brought out in his game. And when he gave uh, Spike Lee the choke sign... I think that re- that embodies who He's Reggie Miller was. If you were to look at Reggie Miller in a one five second video, the video of him staring at Spike Lee and giving him the choke sign and holding his junk was by far the most iconic picture that Reggie Miller's ever had. So my most hated villain is Reggie Miller.
0: I like that. I have a different one, actually, from Reggie. I fucking hate Reggie Miller. His stupid wristbands is fucking- Yeah, right? Mr. Long potato ass, Head looking, ass. big ass ears. Ugh, he's a, he's got such a punchable face. He does. It's just so punchable. Out like he he doesn't look like he would hit you back. I feel like he would just take it and be like, "Why, bro? Why'd you do that?" You know, he's one of those guys. He tries to like de- he tries to like de-escalate. Yes. When he Gets punched. <laughs> he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't need to be. We don't need to go there." Like he's one of those. You know, fuck Reggie Miller. But my guy is the next generation of. Knicks fans hating this guy, and uh, he looks like a turtle. He's got a really shitty, fuck patchy you. beard. He's a horrible fuck commentator, you. dude. You know, he's a piece of uh, fuck that. Fuck him, bro. Remember when he shit his pants and he had to go to the to the locker room? If you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Paul Pierce. Fuck hey, Paul hey, Pierce. What about, what about that he was, shot
2: at the end of the game at Madison Square
0: Garden? I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I have no idea what you're about. Ground, I, have, I have absolutely no clue what you're talking about. No, man, I don't know. I think that might have been in, in a dream of yours or something. It's cool though. If you want to if you want to bring visual proof to 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 the fruition, that that's cool. But as it stands right now, I don't think that he's ever done anything like that ever in his entire career. I never understood how he could dunk. He looks he looked like he was fat like this entire career, he looked like he was a fat person. And so every time every time he would get off the ground, it's like how did you just do that? Is it is it just cuz you're 6-7? I hated him mainly because he was good, just like how Logan hated Reggie because he was good. Paul yeah. Pierce was everything I hated about about sports. He was a whiner. He fucking he a he always bitch. looked like he was gonna cry a little bit just because of a call, you know. And and it's like I couldn't get past the fact that when I see him, he he actually looks like a turtle. And it didn't help that his jersey was green because he actually <laughs> like it looks like he had a hunchback a little bit. I I think the other thing about him is also if he was gonna be a turtle, let's say he was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I think he would have liked Donatello the most. Like he's one of those weird guys. He's like, let me just be, let me just be like, let me just have a big stick and, and use that. I was happy when he was terrible in his on his team. Like the team was terrible. So when the when the big three happened, I was actually relatively upset about it because I still hated the Celtics uh, and I liked KG and I didn't like how he had to go. But ultimately, my biggest villain is Reggie. But because Logan already talked about him, I'm gonna talk about Paul Pierce as my biggest villain. That being said, there's others. Lambert. You know, there's others. I can't really think of them off the bat. That's why we... Yeah, I mean, but, like, I don't personally hate Lambert. He was a villain. Isaiah Thomas, I was listening to a podcast. Oh, my God, it was so funny. Michael Ray Richardson, back in the 80s, he was one of these really good guys on the Nets, had a really bad cocaine problem. He said... uh <laughs> Isaiah, like he hated white players because like he was from pretty segregated areas and he didn't like, like white players or people who played white. He's like, man, Isaiah Thomas was blacker than the inside of my asshole, but he played like a white kid. So I went oh at him. Jesus,
1: <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Every
0: time you think about someone. Yeah, you, you can never not think that when you see Isaiah Thomas the next time oh you see him. Oh my god. You can Why never you not think that? that again. I mean it's kind of dark. <laughs> I just ruined oh, Isaiah oh. Thomas for you. He's another one, by the way. Fuck that guy. You, you like, actually
1: just ruined Isaiah Thomas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael Ray Richardson ruined Isaiah Thomas for you. I'm just repeating what he said.
1: <laughs> such a jackass. I mean, on, I I I really uh, after uh, uh on that thought, uh I have nothing more to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. a good way to, 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 to wrap it up now, before we close here, because both of you are from two different podcasts, Pass the line sports with Ben and then Logan's on the Mark and Graham podcast. Do you guys have anything coming up in the next week? uh so Ben, yes, we do.
2: so actually we just had a minor league catcher from the Astros come in an interview on our last show. If you haven't, Watched it yet? Heard of it? Check it out. Our Instagram is at line underscore sports. And then in the next couple weeks, I'm actually working on. Obviously, you guys watch college football, right? And of course, you guys know. Do you guys know who Pat Surtain is? He's a projected top ten draft pick.
1: Yeah, from Alabama.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working on getting him on the show. He should be on in like three weeks or so. So
0: nice. Is he a South Florida? He's
2: American heritage yeah
0: yeah they pump yep. them out there
1: the 954 so, yeah a lot of
0: that, talent well, yeah, that's awesome dude
1: 954 nine, yep. Lauderdale right Broward, that's Broward. yeah
0: awesome dude so be I'll be sure to, to tune into that I'll have uh the the link to your Instagram and the link to your podcast in the episode oh, awesome. description Logan what do you have going on in the next couple of weeks
1: So, unfortunately, uh, I haven't had any content in the past six weeks, or no, not six weeks, excuse me, about four weeks, five weeks, just because of the quarantine, and uh, my buddy Mark's been away doing some other stuff, but Mark's coming back, and we should be having an episode this week, I'm going to have Nick and Ben on, so we are going to chat about that, but let's not shy away from the fact that, Nick, you got this kick-ass podcast, bro, I'm excited to see where you take it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. This episode's good. Next week, I'm actually going to have Mark on because we're going to talk about the Lavar Ball oh, Chronicles boy. and f- also fuck the NCAA. I'm just going to go in on the NCAA for about an I hour and a half. So that's, to, I w- I've been I wait waiting on that wait one for to a little do bit. That. Yeah, yeah, I hate the NCAA. I, it's just it's just common like current age slavery. But anyway, that's that's for a different day. That being said, I appreciate you both for being here. And, uh, and, and and I'm really excited to see where you guys go in your podcast. I'm excited to see the finished result from this one. I think this is going to be a really, really exciting episode. And be sure to tune in for all of our podcasts and everything that's going on down the road. That being said, I got nothing left to say. I think I fucking talked enough. I need some water. If you're not ugly, stay beautiful. And I'll see you guys next week.